Welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. My name is Dirk Hooper, and I'm joined as always by the Supreme Mistress Eva O. Hi, hey, Dirk. How you it's doing, Eva? Long. I'm it has been too well now. <laughs> Good. That's awesome. Yeah, but as we both know, it's been a difficult time, which is why we haven't talked or recorded anything. <laughs> it's been a while, and I, you know, I don't have to explain to anyone what's happened over the past year. Uh, mm. You know, COVID hit; it affected everyone I know. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's been very difficult, uh, you know, business wise. It's been difficult, you know, personally. Um, uh, you know, last in addition to that, my my dad passed last year. Yeah. I had I had two friends pass that I that I knew for thirty years. Um, so it, you know, last year was, was pretty tough. It, and so, uh, one thing that, that I'm very happy about is that we're back here doing this because I think that this is really important. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That sense of community to reach back into is really nice. And also, I mean, we'll get to the, to the question today, but I think we really needed this one. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll get, we have some stuff to cover to kind of get caught up, but, uh, the response to this shows, I, I think it shows two very important things. And yes, I think people are very, very much hungry to reconnect and to also express, you know, what BDSM means to them. I don't yeah. think there's, there's any doubt about that. Yeah. And to explore the positive aspects of the times that come ahead as opposed to the things that maybe yeah we've all had to traipse through lately yeah yeah for sure mm. uh okay so i i have something happy to announce right here at the beginning of this thing yep uh we've been nominated for an award yeah how about yeah, that you mentioned yeah i i didn't have any clue about that <laughs> Thanks for telling me. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> That's pretty amazing considering, you know, that we took such a huge break one and that you know, we've only had a few episodes out actually. And, yeah, and I mean, just a handful of episodes things. for yeah. sure. Uh, so it's amazing we made a list somewhere that people are listening. It's really nice. We've had a lot of really great responses. I'll talk about something else. It's also pretty amazing here in just a moment but um asn lifestyle magazine has nominated us for best lifestyle podcast for those who are interested and uh we were called a finalist but there are many finalists that are on yeah. that thing so um and they're taking votes so oh. I, i'm not too i'm not too big to mm. say why don't you go vote for us and there's <laughs> If you're watching the video, you'll see the link. But if you're listening to the podcast, it is ASN Lifestyle Magazine Awards with an S dot com backslash vote dash 2021. Can I so vote please? Too? Of course you can. What? You know, I think we get to do that. I think we get to vote for ourselves. I think that's all right. Got it. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and there are a lot of other really, you know, cool people and cool categories and stuff. Go over there and check it out. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. We're very honored. We very much appreciate being nominated for something. We're, I mean, this is still kind of a young podcast to to get recognized kind of out of the gate, 
you know, it was pretty amazing. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I've had a lot of feedback also from just people in general. And I mean, a part of me, <laughs> you know, you publish the episodes and I think, wow, we spoke for two hours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, <clears throat> and I think, really? People are listening? But people are actually listening to the whole thing often and coming back with, you know, um, some very invested feedback. So. So I'm, yeah, I'm amazed. I'm very glad that what we've created can be accepted and useful to some people. So I totally agree. It, and it, you know, the, the last episode I put out was, yeah, it was two hours long. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it goes so quick. I mean, it's not like something mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, we're trying to stretch this thing out or something. Yeah. It just, it's just the way it happens. It's, you know, we get on mm -hmm. the subject and, mm -hmm. um, you know, it helps that we have the opinion of other people that we explore on this. Yeah. You know, uh, which makes us think of stuff. And so that, then suddenly you, you have a, you know, you have a <laughs> more lot of opinions. Surprise, you surprise. have more opinions. Yeah. We got, <laughs> we got more to say about the subject. Um, also, in that vein of just kind of getting some, some recognition, uh, we got mentioned in right after COVID struck. Um, people were looking for kind of some unusual, you know, topics on the subject. And one of the topics that Wired Magazine had mm -hmm. was how is the BDSM community responding mm -hmm. to COVID? Mm -hmm. And we got mentioned in a mm -hmm. Wired Magazine article by mm -hmm. name. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it wasn't just, you know, they kind of alluded to us i mean it was actually yeah. they put her name in there they mentioned the safe word podcast yeah i also liked that it wasn't specifically on bdsm and how the community has um, reacted i mean that was right. the title of our episode right. but it was like a wider response i think they had some pretty vanilla um other references in there and we were one of them which was nice also <laughs> to kind of fit into the bigger conversation as opposed to this niche conversation. Yeah. So I am a huge fan mm -hmm. and have been a long time. I love science mm -hmm. and future science and, you know, that sort of thing. I've mm -hmm. been a fan of Wired Magazine for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And never in my wildest dreams imagine in any circumstance where someone would mention my name in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was, I mean, it's always cool to get your name mentioned anywhere, but Wired Magazine, like I have a subscription to Wired Magazine and have for, a, you know, a decade. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that magazine. So it was really, mm -hmm. truly a thrill for me to, to congrats. Get Thank you. <laughs> That's a big deal. It's a big deal to me. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> the press is hungry for our stories which is nice it means that you know there's a little bit more general awareness and interest and i guess that's the whole point of all of this for me at least you know, to kind of understand how wide life can be and for other people to recognize that as well but yeah and to get something by the way, the entire article, every everyone they talked to in the whole subject was was positive. I mean, it mm -hmm. wasn't written to, you know, most of the time, far too often, you know, stuff where you mentioned BDSM is either incorrect or it's, um, you know, it's 
it's sensationalized. It's sensationalized. That is the perfect word for it. Mm. And um, this wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. It was very respectful. It was a very interesting article. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing here. I want to just get, I, I want to talk to people. People say, you know, who do you aim this for? Do you aim this for people who are kinky? It's like, yeah, I want them to listen to it. But just as much, I want people who are just either curious or just want to hear other perspectives that, you know, they, they want to know more about it. I want yeah. those people to listen too. That that's kind of would yeah. would be bigger and better for me mm-hmm. to to reach out to to people who maybe want to get, you know, the real scoop instead of what mm. they're getting, you know, on television and, and in movies yeah. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ideally. So shall um, we get to two things or do we have more news? Well, you have a few things coming up. Oh, yeah, let's yeah. let's you you're you're welcome to uh to go into this as much as you want. I know that you got a trip coming to uh LA yeah. and, and New York City. LA, New York, and Zurich for a month. Uh next month. Yeah, so in May. Um and can't we're recording this in again. April. Yeah, end of April into May. And um, yeah, it's everybody's giving me what they're comfortable with, whether it's that they're fully vaccinated or whether they want testing done. And there's new protocol around that, oh, yeah. which is interesting. But it's going to be so good because the majority, I think, of my friends are probably in New York. And so I haven't seen them for almost a year. <laughs> oh, over a year now. So. Wow. Yeah, and um, that'll be really nice to reconnect. And I was thinking of doing a little tea kink event there as well, hosting, hosting an uh, afternoon evening of tea tasting for for my dom friends there. That's pretty and cool. Then, yeah, and then on the twenty fifth of April, I'll be speaking for the Porn Film Festival and Sultry. Um, on online sex, <laughs> so they'll it'll cover a lot of different stuff, but. Um, yeah, definitely. Obviously, how things have transitioned over the last year into such a big online space um, for even more offline workers. Uh, and yeah, and also I've been, I in terms of news, I just celebrated over 22,000 subscribers on youwillpleaseme.com, which is my member site. That's in incredible. Years. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, thank you. Thank you for your support. It's been, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, even That's a lot of people. For me, even for someone who's seen it grow from literally zero. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of people. So I'm, I'm very happy for that. You created something that has touched and engaged a lot of people. Yeah, from everywhere. From everywhere. From the earth. <laughs> yeah. When you look at the map, it's just like, wow. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So congratulations on that. Thank That's you very, very cool. much. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to see you know your interests and your work, I guess, validated in a way. I mean, yeah. Needy and you know, but that's the no, reality, no. isn't it? Yeah. It's you, fit it's, in. <laughs> it's nice to be recognized or acknowledged. Mm-hmm. I mean, you work hard. You yeah. you do a lot of traveling. You do a lot yeah. of you, you write. I love it. You meet people. Mm. Um, yeah. You know you you have a lot of uh, irons in the fire, as they say. Yeah. 
Mm, yeah, yeah, I know. I realize that. I don't think about it much. I just do it. But it's nice. It's nice that it comes. It has bears fruit. It's not yeah. just for my entertainment and creativity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, tell us what today's topic is. So today's topic is how does BDSM uplift you? This was something that I put up on Twitter and then you put up on Twitter just a few days ago. And the yeah, response I mean, was mad. <laughs> holy cats. I mean, I can't believe. I couldn't keep up with replying. I'm not sure like, oh, if any. Like. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if any of the the questions mm. have been as much have had as much response. Mm -mm -mm. No, they haven't. There was like the ridiculous assumptions about BDSM that was that was pretty cool, hot, but that was over a long period of time. It was, was, yeah, it was over a, <laughs> a couple of weeks. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and how pushing does BDSM it uplift you? Mm. You know, i i have a I have a couple of theories on on why. Okay. People responded to this. Yeah. The the first thing is we've we've all been on lockdown for a damn year. Mm -hmm. You know, um, people are anxious to, you know, talk about it. Feel good. <laughs> there. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. That's the second part is that mm. this is something where you get to be positive, and it's yeah. so rare that. You know, you get to you get to talk uh, talk positively about this sort of stuff, and so people wanted to jump on board that too because, again, you know, we're in some ways we're fighting the the biases or ignorance of, you know, the mainstream media, mm. and so this is an opportunity for people to give the real scoop, mm. and I think they took it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for me it was. It was fun more than anything, <laughs> but yeah, obviously there's a lot of deeper meaning to it, but it was just so, so nice to see how excited everybody was and to share in that really. Mm. But it's, actually, I mean, aside from the fun, such meaningful stuff came out of it too. Oh, absolutely. This to, and, and yet, an, yet another uh, situation where there are people who many people kind of stayed on the same themes without knowing what other people were saying. Mm. They were all kind of hitting on the same stuff over and over again, which shows that, you know, I think it validates a lot of the things, you know, that, that our, mm. our uh, experiences are in some cases are similar. Mm, there's a shared human experience. Even if you think it might be a niche subject, it's actually ticks yeah. a lot of boxes in yeah. a similar way for, many people with varying experience too, you know? Yeah. yeah. I saw um, professional domain agencies who obviously do this very often <laughs> and engage in a lifestyle capacity as well, say such similar things to people who just casually indulge. So it was really nice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did you have any favorites or shall I go through mine? I, I, I always <laughs> like seeing what you choose on these things. And, and I obviously have a bias. I, I, I picked about, <laughs> I picked about five to seven or something okay. like that. Okay, all right. Um, I, I have a huge bias. I always mention Mistress Azada like first. She was on my list. <laughs> she was on my list. I mean, what she uh, said was part of me. Yeah, was awesome. It's like 
because she's incredibly eloquent and a great thinker, but I also love her. But maybe that's why I love her. So maybe it's not as, you know, such a bias. It's valid. <laughs> Shall we well, go with what is. she says first? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we both pulled it, pulled her out of the pack and there was a large pack. Yeah. And Please she had go ahead. a two-part tweet, right? Mm -hmm. um, she says, Mistress underscore Zada says, Femdom helped me embrace my femininity and my body as a whole. I stopped stressing out about the sweat stains under my armpits or feeling ashamed about my sexual desires and fetishes. Through BDSM, I learned to love myself because I understood that social norms do not really matter. It's a very interesting point. And her second tweet said, also, the BDSM community taught me to celebrate tolerance and diversity and to negotiate boundaries. This is a crucial step in building a healthy society with happier, content individuals. And I thought that those actually complemented each other really well. Um, to me, it, I mean, Azada has a lot of uh, footage, like clips out there that you can buy that cover a lot of different things. And I'm sure that sweat and armpits is probably one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually very, very commonly like, like people are very much drawn to its smell. And, but in average society, people, you know, buy deodorant and it's like, have they have a sweat stain and they're panicking about this, this stain <laughs> on there. However, there's advertising about this and you walk into like men's like changing room areas and it smells of that specific one deodorant. It's just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah and so i think that's it's really nice to recognize the how how those constructs have been built up and to understand how to question them and i think bdsm really does that through exposing what people are interested in and realizing hey you know what that's something that's actually positive for you why do we see that as a negative thing so for me it's very it's um it, lens a critical lens onto my daily existence kind of what bdsm has done for me and i feel like that's what mr cesare is saying as well but i really like the second part of her tweet and how that kind of pulls everything together and how understanding that helps us to celebrate and like diversity and to understand what tolerance can mean and how that can actually build a healthier society for for everybody i think that yeah, through through the erotic, and through, uh, it's quite amazing how that can be an outcome. <laughs> but it's a real, very real outcome for for many of us who have, you know, been exposed to people, kinks, lifestyles that are not of what I want. You know, I'm like, that's that's like very real for you, and you are managing it really well, and I respect that. <laughs> and we will go on. It's like it breeds such a wonderful understanding of our society and how it's operating in, in some ways. I don't know what that tweet said to you, but uh, that's what it told me. <laughs> well, you know, I think that it shows the, the power of her words and that she kind of, in some ways, defines some stuff that maybe I didn't even realize. Mm. She mentions tolerance and diversity. And I think, you know, I mean, I didn't grow up in New York City. I grew up in Moore, mm. Oklahoma. Mm. You know, there's 20, 30,000 people that live there. Oklahoma is not a progressive society. Um, and getting into the BDSM community in my 20s, 
exposed me to all kinds of people should be of of no surprise you know to anyone to realize that i mean surprisingly oklahoma has a fairly robust um you know bdsm community that's kind of under the radar we also have a uh, a, a a pretty large gay community in the middle of oklahoma city they have a a hotel and a whole district that is apparently known you know at least around america for you know being welcoming of people of all you know all types and you know because of bdsm i was exposed to all of those things during that time and it absolutely taught me about tolerance and about diversity and i can i can also tell you uh as a i don't I, i'm not so great with the terms a, a cis uh you know a, a heterosexual you know white dude <laughs> um i've been in situations before where i have been with people who were uh you know of you know minority groups or maybe someone who was you know a, a man who was cross-dressing or something and was and had an encounter with someone who was not tolerant and I was, you know, I, I stepped up to to defend that person, you know, on on more than one occasion, uh, you know, because I'm, yeah, you know, I'm kind of a big guy, <laughs> you know, and um, you know, they weren't picking on me; they were picking on this other person, and so, you know being in the BDSM community exposed me to people I wouldn't have probably been around, been, mm. been privileged and honored to have mm. known and, and become friends with mm. uh, otherwise. So that is definitely something that has uplifted me that maybe, you know, maybe I haven't even thought of that. Maybe mm. I didn't even appreciate that like I should. Yeah. And, and yeah. she definitely, she, she, you know, brought that thought to my mind <laughs> um, yeah i i didn't you know now that you mentioned that that's an, an like a clear facet right i was thinking more about how there's different sexualities and Certainly. different interests but actually the fact that you know, sexuality is not <laughs> something people necessarily want to talk about in the day-to-day -day, that kind of groups us all together and all of us together are from very different demographics uh, often, like you were just saying. Yes, so, yes, yeah, it it point. it creates a an atmosphere where people, you know, what always amazes me about BDSM groups is that you have people of all social economic, mm -hmm. you know, uh, backgrounds. People mm -hmm. that are young, people that are old. Mm -hmm. Yeah people of all races and, and religions and stuff, we're all, you know, brought together by this thing that's important to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it, it exposes me to, to people I wouldn't have met otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's sometimes this argument where it's just um, where the, only the privileged get to explore BDSM, um, whether that's of a certain... Um, economic background or in terms of racial privilege etc but and i think that 
that might have some truth when it comes to social scenarios and how able you are to be um, vocal about things. But if we talk about people who practice, like people who would come to me in the dungeon, for example, it's really a range. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yes. it's, it's all sorts. I think how open people are can probably be defined a little bit more by how much privilege they have. However, in terms of genuine interest and people looking out from behind their screens, <laughs> uh, you know, and finding a community only on social media or online, I think there's a lot more <laughs> diversity than even we can maybe fathom of that we've seen at a, a munch or a gathering. It's much more democratized now because of the Internet. The Internet and, and not just this, I mean, everything, you know, no matter what your interests are, you know, when I got into the, the BDSM community was when the Internet was just getting started. Um, I mean, well, the Internet, I guess, got started back in like the 60s or 70s. But the actual pro proliferation of the Internet, like in the mid 90s, is what led me to my local BDSM community. Through through AOL, mm -hmm. <laughs> through a chat room on AOL, and I mm -hmm. people are talking about munches, and I'm like, "What's a munch?" And mm -hmm. it's like, "Well, come on out and see." <laughs> so, you know, that was my introduction, and and uh -huh. that's something that you know most most people have access to the internet, and so if they if they live in a small town or something where they can't get to a local BDSM group, they can talk to other people literally from around the world who also share their interests. Mm. This podcast is a good example of something mm. that, that didn't exist 20, 25 years ago, mm -hmm. um, that, that now we can literally be seen and heard around the world. Yeah. Um, and with you in Oklahoma and me in Bali. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, we we're pretty far apart here, and yet, yeah. you know, here we and are we talking. We haven't actually met in real life. No, you know, yeah. our entire lives have been online. Yeah. <laughs> our shared life. <laughs> yeah. So it is it is nice um, opportunity for sure. <laughs> it is. Also, Shall one of, well, one oh, other sorry, thing sorry. I want to mention because mm -hmm. her her comments was really good. I like how she she wraps this up by saying it's a crucial step in building a healthy society with happier, content individuals. She's telling us that BDSM <laughs> heals the world. Well, she would also. <laughs> I, I love it's that message, life. though. That's I'm all about that. So, yeah, that's I just think that that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, BDSM heals the world. Um, yeah, and I <laughs> I'm guess a romantic, I, I would so. also say that. <laughs> The, the happier and contentment thing is also something that I think speaks even past, you know, people's interest in BDSM, that the contentment of your individuals is actually <laughs> a huge facet that maybe isn't really taken into governance enough. But, you know, that's a, it's another podcast. <laughs> so... Yeah, what do we got next? Yeah, all right. So we have something from at Kink on Wheels, and they say, as a disabled and queer person, I often feel alienated by notions of traditional sexuality. BDSM gives me an outlet, a method of se sexual expression, which might otherwise be denied to me. I form deep personal connections with partners through kink. It means a lot to me. And for me, that, that, um, that actually links very nicely with Izada's 
perspective. But maybe all of these are going to be linked. There's a thread. Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> there is unquestionably a thread through all of these. Yeah, yeah. So as a disabled and queer person feeling alienated, so finding a, a community that is already more aware and understanding of the fact that there is like diversity in the world one and you know being able to access sexuality as somebody who is marginalized in so many ways it's just access to sexuality is such a fabulous thing that maybe a lot of us take for granted and it's amazing to hear a perspective like that and to realize how fulfilled Um, that can be for somebody. Yeah, so I really appreciated hearing that. I think that the BDSM community is very accepting. If mm-hmm. if people are not involved in the BDSM community, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, this I'm, I'm not saying in general. Not <laughs> in general, the the BDSM community is uh, you know let's let's say more accepting than, more than accepting, you know yeah. the, the general uh, society. Uh, m- mostly because you under, you know, you're you're set aside, you're othered. If you're mm-hmm. into BDSM, people, you know, mm-hmm. there are people that will judge you or look down on you or think ill of you because you are involved in this. Mm-hmm. And so, by dealing with that, by by having to deal with that situation on your own, it opens your eyes up about other people who who also yeah. have to deal with that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I do think it's not only about kinks in particular, speaking from the um, perspective of like a female dominant, I think it's also people who question power structures. Mm, yeah. and so, uh, and the power dynamic being the female dominant and how you're often seen as quote unquote bossy. And you, yes. you know, when you call a man bossy, <laughs> yeah. For example, uh, it's just assertive often, and and yeah. it's and it's a positive thing. It's like, hey, that guy's really tough, you know. Mm, yeah. yeah, with with a yeah. woman, it may not be seen that way. Mm. So I think that it's not only the fact about sexuality, but it's about that BDSM encapsulates these different um, challenges to everyday norms, including power dynamics. So. Yeah. So yeah, that that was a great tweet that definitely <laughs> started to show our thread, our threads. Yes. Um, maybe we can go through. Oh, I thought this was quite quite sweet actually. Um, from Goddess Gem NYC, where to start allows me to channel creativity to step into my power and excuse to buy and wear amazing outfits. <laughs> <laughs> like on some level, I thought, okay, that seems like a um, like a more surface level approach than a lot of the other things that have come. But I think actually creativity is not to be underestimated and the ability to wear what you want actually is not, you know, something that everybody gets to experience. And I th- I, I guess me thinking that that's more surface level is just shows my privilege in my ability to be able to do that. So it's yeah, yeah you you definitely live in another world than <laughs> with all of your professional dominatrix friends and yeah you're traveling yeah, and, <laughs> and your extensive wardrobe yeah yeah um yeah 
<laughs> but I, I liked that. I like that a lot. It allows me to channel creativity because actually it's play, you know, it's a, it's, it's a form of play between people and with ourselves. Uh, you get to kind of be like, oh, what's that aspect of me? What can I do with that? And I think that's not encouraged enough amongst adults. And BDSM kind of provides a, a pathway to do that. And it's just joyful. Yeah. I, you know, I answered this question for myself because I figured it would come up at some point. Creativity is one of the points that I would make about why BDSM uplifts me. Mm. How how do you how does creativity come into it for you? Uh, well, for me, I mean, there's two two levels of that. As a dominant, crafting a scene, mm. you know, is a creative endeavor. It is something where I mean, you, you know, I I had a submissive who had uh, who wrapped her hair up in a like a uh, a, a chopstick that was uh oh it was i can't remember what it was made out of fiberglass it was a fiberglass chopstick and i took that and i i created a scene around that and she was kind of blown away that i could use that but i you know i used it as an implement you know for sensation play okay. and uh, you know it's it's just long enough that you can use it on certain parts uh mm -hmm. you know you can use it repeatedly in certain areas and, and create yeah. sensations and stuff. Um, you know, that's just creativity. That That's, you know, creativity on the spot. But also, you know, I, I might think sometimes days on, you know, what I'm going to do w with a submissive. You know, I know what they're into and I know what works. And, you know, you don't want to do the same things all the time. So you create a, a scene you know, from beginning to end and it's and you orchestrate it like a symphony, you know, it, it yeah. starts at a certain pace and you build up and, you know, it might come to a crescendo, crescendo, I'm not saying that right. And then, and then, you know, you might level out after that. Yeah. Um, that's creative. That's creativity. Yeah. It's almost like a, it, it can be like a performance for mm -hmm one person <laughs> it's okay. a one per or it's it's for both of us okay. you know um so there's that creative aspect and also speaking on the you know on creativity uh i am a photographer and a writer and an artist and uh -huh. bdsm is very much this my subject of choice on uh -huh. all three of those things uh -huh, uh -huh. It, and so it's very inspiring know, bdsm I kicked up my headphone. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, BDSM it uplifts me by inspiring me to mm. do, to express myself through art and writing and photography. Mm. 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 Yeah, that's like, I, I never thought about BDSM as an inspiration before you just shared your creative process uh, and like not only within a scene, which I guess is the majority of my world, but also in terms of how it's inspired your medium, such as photography. And, and you see a lot of people outside of the community also use, using <laughs> BDSM aesthetics, especially, and uh, yeah, mostly the aesthetics, uh, as part of their art 
And I wonder what it is that makes it so appealing. I guess what is art? Sometimes it can just be an observation of something that stands out. So I guess it could speak to that. It can be something that challenges challenges us and that we want to challenge other people with. So I guess it can kind of do that. And so, yeah. And so that's when that word inspiring kind of came to me, I guess. Yeah, I never thought about it that way before. It's quite, it's quite nice. It's quite a uh, nice to realize that you can surround yourself with it ongoing. Yeah, and for me, it's like um, also it it is those things. But I think maybe I'm more heady in a lot of ways, and it's very challenging in terms of where it places me in the world and how it makes me think about the world because of society's limitations and how these things are challenging it. And so there's really a lot of material actually yeah. in, in the world and the community to keep you going. <laughs> hey, look, one of the one of the great things, I guess, of, of doing this is there's not a lot of competition out there on the mm -hmm. subject. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are other great writers and great artists and great mm -hmm. photographers, but there's not, there's not a lot. And there's even fewer that, I mean, you know, who was E.L. James, mm. who did Fifty Shades of Grey, was not into BDSM. Yes, yeah, she, she got she, Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, she made millions of dollars talking about that subject and not and only knowing it from a from a, you know, an observer surface level and not really spending much time doing the research on the subject either. Mm. Um, so. I I feel, you know, like there's a little bit of, um, I feel like, you know, what I'm doing is maybe important in some ways because there are so many people out there that are, that are creating, you know, fiction or whatever that don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And there's just a handful of us out there that are creating stuff, you know, comparatively comparatively a handful um, that, that do know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm, you know, my stuff, if I was doing, I don't know, sports photography, mm -hmm. uh, it would be a lot harder. I don't think it would be as important and it would be a lot harder to stand out. If you're working in BDSM, there's, you know, there's much fewer of that sort of work being created. Mm-hmm. I think it takes on greater importance. It takes on a greater importance to like actually start to create using this medium <clears throat> because it doesn't have enough representation. Is that what you're saying? I I've, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. More responsibility. Don't know if I want to think about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> And, and not that my stuff, you know, addresses everything from every angle or that it's, yeah. you know, it's it's supreme or anything. It's just that is something that weighs on me. That you think about. Is, yeah. is that I feel very strongly that whatever it is that I'm putting out there on that subject, that it be informed, mm -hmm. you know, and that it be, you know, even if it's fiction, mm -hmm. that it has some reality behind it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that, and that, 
you know, if you like, if you're writing a story, um, you, you know, you can't write an interesting story if there is no conflict or if the people have no flaws, but not falling into the tropes of, you know, the flaws that are typically in BDSM, you know, like Fifty Shades of Grey, where the guy is so damaged, always so damaged. Oh. And the only way that he can, you know, interact with people is through BDSM because he's so mm -hmm. damaged. Mm -hmm. um, that is something that happens over and over and over and over again in fiction. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can instead have someone who is into really BDSM. Like reach for that aspect, don't they? Especially when it comes to sex work. I mean, I cannot tell you how that many too. people are like, oh, absolutely. oh, something must have happened. <laughs> so damaged. Like, uh, <laughs> what happened is that I'm earning good money now <laughs> on my terms yeah. <laughs> and not yours. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And but, uh, Hey, let me, let me just speak for me. Mm -hmm. I grew up in what I would term an idyllic childhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I had, I had two parents that loved me mm -hmm. and you know, brought me up well. I I didn't. <laughs> I call it the mean streets of more, but I say that. I, I say yeah, that. You know. Yes. <laughs> Twenty I mean, thousand people. Uh, yeah. I mean, more <laughs> was just a small community. Mm. Um, I felt very safe there. Mm. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends. I I'm very much into BDSM, and I am not a damaged person. <laughs> mm. You know, so it doesn't. You know. That's that's well, also not, that's, that's like not the, the way that's, it works. That's a that's a word that they feed to us. Also, I mean, what is damage? You know, it's just well, yeah. I'm also life. not. <laughs> this happened yeah. to yeah. some of us, and some of us make different choices, and some of them maybe in this world or that, or in finance, or you know, it's just it's not necessarily yeah, the narrative that they like to promote. It's but. not. Again, that's another podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Sure. Uh, shall shall we um, close up with a few? Do you have any what that you want to mention? Um, let's see. Well, I ha yeah, I have several. Let's uh -huh. see. Uh, Lady Amber at Divine uh -huh. Lady Amber says it allows me to explore parts of myself which otherwise remain buried beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. The sense of confidence and control it offers me in my otherwise chaotic existence stirs something inside. It's given me back control of my true self, completely liberating. Mm. Also, it is great to be part of this community. I feel like these are my people one which transcends the bullshit of daily life and provides a safe haven for everyone to express who they truly want to be. Mm -hmm. Divine Lady Amber enjoying her experience. I like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, remain buried beneath the surface. Yeah. 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 That was a common theme also that people are using like the term unlocking mm -hmm. yeah that is locked behind something yeah yeah and that's the truth still for me all the time 
the more that I live, like the lifestyle and my relationships and my interactions in a work capacity also, it's just constantly allowing me. It's just, it always feels like a constant, you know, like even if, if it becomes in more subtle ways and more nuanced ways, it still feels like I'm allowed to do that, to be that, to feel that, to say that. It's, it's constant. It's really nice. That doesn't seem, it's been 10 years now. <laughs> it's like oh yeah. it's still going that's just, this is nice yeah have you experienced that the, uh, yeah I mean absolutely I feel you know I mean it was I've mentioned this before it was about 10 maybe a little bit more years ago that I decided I wasn't going to date vanilla people anymore and that's because I don't want to hide this part of myself mm -hmm. from the person that I'm with. Mm. And um, it, I do feel like it is my true self, that it's something that I don't want to hide. I can hide it when yeah. I go to, you know, the movies or go out to eat or something. I can hide that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when I'm among my friends or, you know, lovers, then I don't want to hide that. I, I want... Mm -hmm. I want to be able to express myself. And I think that, mm. I think it's really important. It's very oh, much a, an yeah. important part mm -hmm. of myself mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, I was grateful to be able to find that community 20 something years ago mm. and get connected with it. And so that I could finally begin to explore that. Um, yeah, it was a big deal for me. Mm. And it did, did feel like, you know, I I say it's like going through a a portal or a gate or something, you mm -hmm. know, like going into uh, in the hero's journey. They have something mm -hmm. uh, part of the hero's journey is traveling, what they call traveling to the underworld, mm -hmm. where it's like a conscious decision to leave your your regular life and go into a to a place that you're unfamiliar with. Mm -hmm. And I think that everyone, you know, goes on that hero's journey when they get into BDSM. It's, I mean, mm -hmm. no one forgets their first experience or what it was like to finally get to kind of, you know, experience this stuff that's in their head. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's pretty powerful. Yeah, I, I was interested to know how you said that you're different when you go to the movies as opposed to when you're with your friends. How how does that look to you? Because I don't feel like I'm any different. <laughs> I feel like it's really the same person and the same attitude that sits at the movies as well as well, around my friends. I, I guess what I mean, no, I'm, uh, mm -hmm. you know, obviously I, in polite society I, I, mm -hmm. I usually don't have someone on a collar and leash yeah yeah or I'm not on a collar and leash, you know? yeah. <laughs> I mean that's not the sort of thing that I share but with you know when uh -huh. I'm with my friends even mm -hmm. though predominantly my friends are are vanilla mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they all do know you know what I'm into they understand mm -hmm. it they accept me for that mm -hmm. and um, so I can be myself you know I don't have to hide it from them they they mm -hmm. know I mean shoot even even my parents you can have a cage at your even house my, yes <laughs> no one would be surprised people would be disappointed if i didn't oh. <laughs> i didn't have a cage <laughs> you know yeah pe people get it if they know me they get it 
Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, going out to eat, I wouldn't put that in front of people, you know, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although yeah. I've had scenes where I play with people, but it's discreet. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's there's a scene that's happening in it, but it's below the surface. It's subtextual. Yeah. It's very interesting to think of. That could maybe be another episode, but to think about, because a lot of people have issues around um, what the threshold is when it comes to public play. And I think that's an interesting thought as well. Because, I mean, if we're just talking about vanilla stuff, it depends what country, you know, I'm in, whether I'm comfortable kissing somebody in public, holding a hand, things like this. And so where is that threshold and why, I think would also be something interesting. But we're almost coming up to an hour. Do you think we need to wrap or shall we indulge or what I, do you think? I, I say let's let's go for it. <laughs> and I kinda, I'd also kind of like to hear your answer to this if you have mm-hmm. something that you'd like to say. Let, I mean, let's save that for the oh, end. Okay. So how does it uplift me? I actually didn't give it too much thought because I got everybody else's. I know. <laughs> I know. It's easy to. It's well, think about time. that for a minute. Let me Let me read. I have another couple I'd like okay. to cover, and then okay. I have a, I have something to say on the subject as well. Okay. Um, Anana Justice says BDSM has taught me to listen with compassion, to be mm-hmm. more confident even with all my imperfections, and to trust others more easily. Mm-hmm. It helps channel my energy, calms my mind. That's huge. Inspires and motivates me. I could go on and on. Thanks for this question, she says. Good to remember these things. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest thing that she said there for me that really resonates is calming my mind. Mm-hmm. And it worked both when I was submissive and dominant. It works both ways for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that, that I mentioned on my deal <laughs> that, that I wrote down was that, um, you know, I'm the type of person that worries quite a bit. And I get that from both of my parents were very much like that. They were, they were worriers. And if you are submissive, then it gives you, you know, you don't have time to worry about stuff. You need to be focused Mm. on what it is that you're doing. Mm. And, you know, maybe you're getting your ass beat and which would definitely take you out of, you know, some bills that you have to pay or worrying about whether you've mowed the lawn or something like that takes you out of that moment. It gives you a a moment of respite from the worrying, from the mind going crazy. And, and as a dominant, again, you're focused. (laughs) So you don't have time to let that stuff you know, creep into your mind because you have something much more important that you're focused on. Mm. And so it, it gives you a respite in that regard as well. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the effects of subspace or dom space or mm. whatever. I mean, that's chemical. That's a chemical reaction. Mm. And um, over a, you know, if I'm in a relationship no matter what role I, it, that I'm playing, um, it calms my mind. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. And it, it lasts not just for a scene, but for days or weeks or, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. months at a time where, mm-hmm. 
you know, all of the stuff that doesn't really matter. But most of the time when you're worried about stuff, mm -hmm. most of the time when I'm worried about stuff, I don't want to speak for other people. Mm -hmm. It's not that big a deal. And by the way, worrying about things usually don't, it's of no value. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, Did you um, have that kind of focus in your vanilla relationships? Do you remember? Um, you mean back when I was dating vanilla? But let me yeah, let me yeah. say let me say that my <laughs> I was terrible. That's why I, you know I swore off of it. Just really, huh. really rotten when huh. it came to vanilla relationships. I just didn't know what to do. It just it, it always felt hollow to me, or it just okay. you know never really went anywhere. You know? Okay, yeah. So yeah. I, I you know I'm thinking about like long term uh, there there really were no long term relationships mm, mm, mm. you know that were vanilla <laughs> mm -hmm. because I never quite connected with that person like I do with BDSM mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do you ever think about what the difference um is between vanilla yeah, and BDSM between I, what that relationship what like a vanilla format relationship is like versus a BDSM one and why it's so much more captivating. I mean, I think I, I have an answer for me, but <laughs> well, the, yeah. the roles are established from the yeah. beginning, which yeah. is, Clarity. which is nice. I, you know, I, I've said it many times when you start a BDSM relationship, you, you exchange, most people will exchange that, that list of, of interests. Mm -hmm. And you begin to have a conversation that people who are married oftentimes don't have about mm -hmm. what you need, yeah. you know, yeah. emotionally or physically, sexually. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are things that you explore. I mean, ideally, you explore right off the bat in a BDSM relationship. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to know those things before you can have a scene. Before you can do a, yeah. just a simple scene, you kind of have and to I know. I think that's those just how your your brain and your desires start to work after some time. You know, if I don't have some sort of answer, it can be vague, whatever. So we start somewhere. It it really feels like, uh, hello, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you in front of me? Like, what is going to transpire between us? Is this going to work? And it's just way too direct for a lot of vanilla people. I mean, I do it anyway because I can't feel fulfilled. And I think it's great communication anyway, in or out of the scene. But um, but yeah, it's still it's still cute slash sad <laughs> to, to <laughs> see how people react when you present them with those factors. You know, Some so. people do not know how to articulate their desires. No, it's very confronting. They look quite shocked a lot of the times. I've, I've met more of vanilla people in this last year because I'm not <laughs> traveling to see my... Right, right. <laughs> You're not surrounded by the kinky, the cool kinky people. <laughs> 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 you're the shocked vanilla people <laughs> right. right but yeah they they don't know i mean and again maybe i gravitate towards that that sort of crowd but even my vanilla friends are very 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 open about mm, yeah. sexuality and stuff and i yeah. mean I, I i guess i need that <laughs> i need to be able to talk about those things and mm -hmm. and 
provocative things. You know, mm-hmm. if if the, the the type of person that wants to hold their tongue around you or mm-hmm. doesn't ever want to talk about anything that's, I don't know, provocative, interesting, mm-hmm. um, that bores the hell out of me. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I, wanna... I think that would be my answer too. And yeah. I think that, like I mentioned, I, I was just I'm quite up in my head in a, in a lot of ways, and I think that I really need to be challenged, I, and so. Yeah. This world is very useful for that in some ways, as well as the interactions that happen and yeah, the structure, the format, the conversations, the challenge within ourselves to kind of get to those places. You know, it's just, it's such a full experience, potentially full experience. Uh, yeah, that differs from how I see a lot of my old vanilla relationships um, forming and <laughs> the ones that I've sort of tried to delve into also. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting universe to work with and yeah, gives you a lot of great tools, I think. For sure. Mm. Let me, let me give one last tweet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, then, and then I'll tell you what my answer to this subject is. And if you, if you want to, if oh, you've yeah, been yeah. thinking on yours. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got, I've, I think I've got mine. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm going to mispronounce this. It's mm-hmm. it's at Miss Polyhymnia. Polyhymnia. Let me have a look. Continue. Maybe I'll figure out how to say it. Yeah, please correct me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that says, I've been exploring chastity with my miss this year, and it's mm-hmm. the most personal growth I've had in a while. Chastity, losing weight, writing, making art, and having someone I can trust fully with my fears, neediness, and love is overwhelmingly beautiful. Mm. Miss Polyhymnia. There we go. Thank you. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. I always mess up people's names. Chastity is fabulous. (laughs) There you go. For those who... For those who want to know, I, I love the, <laughs> well, I just, love, mm-hmm. I, I love the list of stuff here mm-hmm. where it has fed into so many positive things, losing mm-hmm. weight, writing, making art. There's that creativity thing again. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the, the relationship aspect, having someone you can fully trust. Oh, wow. With fears, neediness, and love. Mm-hmm. 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 That's yeah. That's that's the whole show. <laughs> that's the whole show is being able to yeah. to share with people and know that you're not going to be uh, judged on it. Mm-hmm. Or at least that there's like a space for open communication. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I definitely judge some of my subs. <laughs> that's your <laughs> thing, though. <laughs> that's your thing, though. <laughs> but we can but, talk about it. <laughs> that is also that's also a situation where they know that they can share that stuff with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you, share you, you may judge them for that. Yeah, but we'll survive. You're also right. Yeah, you can take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where maybe other people, you know, they can't say these things to other people. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and vice versa, also. <laughs> yeah. To not have to hold one's tongue is a fabulous. Oh, it's wonderful. Fabulous thing. 
<laughs> it certainly is. Yeah, but just to speak to Miss Polyhymnia's chastity, I think the the utilization of focusing that sexual energy into other productive mediums is an underexplored art. <laughs> so congrats, Miss Polyhymnia. I hope we've been saying your name somewhat correctly. <laughs> I think you did it right. Uh, and I really like the neediness aspect too, because I think a lot of us struggle with this aspect of, oh, am I being too needy, you know, but when we have an open form of communication, we can talk about that. It's like, I, I feel like you're needing me in, in an unproductive way because there, therefore maybe we could do this. You know, these are not uncommon conversations that happen in DS relationships because all of us want to feel safe and I think neediness is like a byproduct of uh, a reaction to that so yeah I know when I was submissive I felt mm. needy you know I felt mm -hmm. I was very emotionally mm. raw mm -hmm. exposed definitely yeah yeah. yeah. And, you know, out of control, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, literally yeah. and figuratively. So vulnerable. So mm -hmm. to find like a match who can handle that and hold it as responsibly, you know, as they can is, is really, it is magical. Like they, they allude to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, are you ready for my answer to this thing? Sure. I've got a, <laughs> Got a, I've got a few few things to okay. say on this subject. Mm -hmm. um, I've dated exclusively kinky. I said this early for the for ten plus years. Mm -hmm. uh, it's allowed me to to meet people and play and fall in love with people that I never would have otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so, since it brings me love, it uplifts me. Mm. Number two, and I, this is something that was said over and over and over. You talk about the thread that goes through all of these things. It brings me confidence. Um, as a submissive, I've been naked in a room with 50 plus people mm. that I did not know, you know, mm. they were strangers. Um, once you experience something like that, standing up in front of a boardroom and having to talk to them doesn't seem like such a big deal, right? Mm. It brings you confidence in that regard. Plus when I'm dominant, there is absolutely nothing like the level of confidence that I feel when mm -hmm. someone is is kneeling for you and it doesn't stop when they leave. You know, it's you you hold on to that. Um, and it's not a it's not an arrogant sort of confidence. It's just kind of, a, you know, just feeling good about yourself and, you know, um, feeling like you have, you know, mastered this craft. Um, I walk 10 feet higher, you know, when I'm with someone. And so that definitely, definitely uplifts me. Um, I talked about, you know, worrying and, and how being into BDSM can, can knock that out from both directions, both as a submissive and a dominant. Um, I, I also say that BDSM uplift, uplifts me by giving me access to a community of really intelligent, vibrant, free, beautiful mm. people. Mm. 
the, this the BDSM community is full of Life. pretty pretty unusual <laughs> people, and and unusual in that you know it takes a certain type, it takes a certain type to to be into this, mm-hmm. and I you know I don't hang around with professional dominatrices like you do, but I talk to a lot of professional dominatrices. I mean, my life is filled with that crowd personally and professionally. And uh, you all are pretty wonderful. (laughs) You know, if it wasn't for BDSM, I wouldn't be around that group. And I'm thankful and it uplifts me, you know, because again, otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't know these people, so I'm thankful, and it it makes me, it you know it's it's pretty cool. Uh. Um, and finally, I, I talked a little bit about this. It's it's an outlet for artistic expression, mm. whether as a dominant crafting a scene or as an artist, writer, or photographer, who finds inspiration from the the practices and the people that are involved with BDSM. It's 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 a constant source of inspiration and I get to use that and uh, present that to the world. Mm. And that uplifts me as well. So there's, there's my five things. (laughs) Very organized. (laughs) That comes from writing articles on this subject. I I, I make lists. (laughs) I'm very holistic. Yeah. I really like that. I would definitely agree. Um, and I would say that everything that you say would probably run through my opinion, and it definitely has run through the entire bulk of responses that have come back to us. But in seemingly a basic way, I would say that BDSM allows me to laugh like I cannot laugh in, in any other way. And mm. that in itself is obviously a huge uplifting factor. But the reasons why it allows me to laugh are probably more complex than, you know, what a laugh might seem. And I guess for me, BDSM (laughs) allows me to use my wit, (laughs) my incredibly harsh wit (laughs) in in a forum that really appreciates it and that can understand it and that gives it some room. And that for me is a huge creative outlet. It's a huge validation of how I think and operate in the world. And it's a sense of being understood and being around a community and having a community even that sees those things, that enjoys those things and is even entertained by them. I would say that being able to laugh and all the things that go into that is what probably gives me the most joyous moments uh, when I get to experience and live BDSM as I do. So there's a lot of facets that I really enjoy, but honestly, I, that is something I'm always remembering. You know, whenever people ask me, oh, so what is a session like? And I, and I say, oh, I'm laughing a lot. They're like, really? Doesn't that break the mood? I'm like, that is my mood. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pure joy, like definitely coming from a place that is probably pretty harsh, but 
it's in a forum where we all understand it's a safe container and we will talk about this and break it down. And it comes from a place of like deep uh, focus on who you are um, as opposed to just something that's blanketing. So yeah, I, I get to laugh and that makes me happy. <laughs> I, I love that you just mentioned, yeah. you said the word laugh about five times there. And I think that that is that will stun some people who don't know, you mm. know, what what BDSM is like or what scenes are like. I yeah. think it's wonderful that you it gives you an outlet to laugh like you, you know, yeah. you don't laugh anywhere else. That's that's a wonderful mm. message. Yeah. And also at myself, you know, it's just like, wow. Yeah. I'm so free. And this is so ridiculous. And I get to do it. And this is yeah. inspires me to just like, wow, laugh at myself. <laughs> You're so silly. How did that, how did you even think of that? You know, it's kind of a conversation I have with myself. There also. is definitely an aspect of BDSM where I had, I, I mean, after 20 something years, mm. I still feel like, yeah, wow, I, here I am doing this. I mean, I, sometimes I step outside of myself. And think that same thing, like, you know, I can't believe that this is happening and that I'm here and it still holds that wonder for me. Mm. Mm. I don't think that I'll ever lose that. I don't think there'll ever be a place where it becomes mundane or anything less than magical. Mm. For me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get to live it pretty much every moment, like every waking moment. <laughs> also because I have people who deal with, you know, the more vanilla administration stuff. So I don't even have to worry about that too much. Mm -hmm. Has it become, it's become very normalized, but I'm yeah. still laughing, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm still happy about it. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say that if I stop to think about it, it's magical, but it's still my day to day. So I don't really think about it too much, but I'm still really happy. So I guess those are good things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I guess well, maybe if you know how to appreciate life and just be grateful, then yeah, probably will not lose lose that. Yeah. Is yeah. there anything else that you'd like to add? That's a pretty good, pretty good place to <laughs> to wrap it up. No, no, that was that. I'm just so amazed by the response and grateful for the community who are yes. ready to celebrate themselves. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And you know, I think that I think that it really speaks well of the community that you know, lot, for people who don't know, you know, here's here are all of these people that are that were gracious and anxious to get something positive out about BDSM and I think that speaks volumes. Mhm. Mm to share about how they feel. grateful for them. Thank too. you, everybody. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'm going to I'm going to bring us home. Thank you. I'll put that up for the for the uh, video watching audience there. If listeners would like to participate in future questions and be part of future episodes, then follow at you will please me on Twitter and keep an eye out for uh, hashtag safe word podcast questions. You can reach the show at info at safewordpodcast.com 
or you can see more at our website, safewordpodcast.com. The Safe Word Podcast is available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and almost everywhere else. If it's not available there, then tell us and we'll get it on there. If you like what you're hearing, your positive reviews on those services will help us immensely to get this out to a wider audience. More on Mistress Eva is at youwillpleaseme.com. Her Twitter address is at youwillpleaseme. And you can also see her on Instagram at youwillplease underscore me. And you can check out pleasemelive.com. That features photos, videos, and live sessions. Pretty cool. More on me, Dirk, is at www.dirkhooper.com. I'm available on Twitter or Instagram at Dirk Hooper or pretty much anywhere else that you can put those words together. Also, I do marketing, branding, copywriting, and social media management for sex workers and anyone else who has an adult audience at sexynetworking.com. Thanks for listening to the Safe Word Podcast. For Mistress Eva, this is Dirk Hooper saying, dream hard.